all and welcome to another episode of Consali Talk. I hope you are doing well and my name is Charlie Green and today we have a very exciting episode coming up. If you are new to the platform, Consali Talk, the idea is uh, I'll be joined by some of the best consultants from around the globe to discuss various topics about their day-to-day -day life. From their networking skills to traveling around the world or even how a career in consulting has led to new projects and adventures, which is the case today. So I really think this is going to be a great episode for your consultants as we find out some tips for networking communication skills with clients. Because on today's episode, I am joined by Gilbert Ijikum Boom. Is that is that pronunciation correct? <laughs> it is not, but everyone struggles with it, so it's all right. Okay, well, I, I, I thought I was going to butcher it, but I'm joined by Gilbert, <laughs> who is an author of the award-winning book, People Skills for Analytical Thinkers, and founder of Mind Speaking, that is the workshop where data professionals can develop people skills. So Gilbert, thank you for joining me today and coming on the show. But before we get into it, how are you doing and what's pandemic life like in Amsterdam? I'm good. Thanks a lot for inviting me. I'm uh, excited to speak with you. And live in Amsterdam, we have a curfew, so which means we need to be home by 9 p.m., which is not too bad, but I enjoy some evening walks, which uh, is not possible anymore. So some more time inside, but I just moved to a new house. I'm, uh, I'm happy. Okay, that's good. Is there any sign of freedom happening in the, in the near future? Mm, not really. So they <laughs> prolonged the curfew. So let's see how long it's going to last, but I can't complain. Okay, we'll touch with it, hopefully it's soon. So your book, People Skills for Analytical Thinkers, um, a book that you published, I think it was in September last year. Was writing a book something that you've been thinking about for many years or was it something that only interested you recently? Yeah, I've been thinking about it for a long time, but then I've never had the opportunity or never created the opportunity to write something. It was on my long-term goals when I was yeah, like five years ago, I, I wrote down, okay, what, what are things I want to do in my life? And writing a book was one of them. But I expected that I would write a book maybe when I would be 50 or 60 or what I, whatever during my midlife crisis. But um, in the end, it turned out to, uh, to arrive a bit earlier and I'm, uh, I'm excited with the result. Yeah. And why did you decide to write the book and on, on these principles and theories of yours? Yeah, well, first of all, I experienced myself as a consultant being very analytical that being analytical and having technical and analytical skills help of course in your career you can do a lot of analysis how and and present that as well to stakeholders and clients but what i also noticed is that in many of those presentations and when many of those conversations and networking opportunities with clients you also need need to bring a, a different set of skills to the table and that's where i was lacking a bit and in the beginning of my career, that's what I struggled with. And I noticed how important these people skills are as a consultant. Yeah. That's why I started to read a lot of books, do a lot of training. And next to my consulting career, I also started to give training to people. And I, I noticed that I loved it. I also gave, um, I, I was also in education. So I also did work on the university before I started working and I loved it. I loved teaching. I loved helping other people going on their personal path. And that's why I discovered, okay, this is important to me and I would love to help more people. Then one year ago, two years ago, I was on a, on a trip around the world before COVID. So I, I feel very lucky to be able to, <laughs> when uh, we could. to, com to complete that. Exactly. And 
I thought, okay, I, I would love to do something, to write something. My idea was not to write a book, but just 20 pages PDF document, which I wanted to use as a lead magnet just to help other, other people that were in my shoes, but then a few years younger. But then I started to write and write and write down my experiences. And in the end, it started to become so big that I thought, mm, maybe this is going to be a book. And then I involved an editor from the UK, which was a lovely lady who helped me make the book better and more coherent. And yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with the results. Yeah. So, so when writing a book, I presume it wasn't all plain sailing. What were some of the challenges you faced? Yeah, I think... The biggest challenge is to make one coherent, coherent story of it because writing 50 blog posts is one thing, but then having it all in one format and having it in one form with metaphors that are related instead of just 50 times 10 tips for a consultant, which is a bit more shallow, uh, I think that was the, the biggest challenge. And what I, what I try to do is blend in my, my own experience uh, different exercises and academic academic theory and also make it easy to read and yeah some people mentioned quite a lot of people mentioned that the book is quite easy to read even though it has a lot of different theories synthesized in it so i'm i'm proud of that yeah yeah I mean, you should be and from the start to finish how long did the overall process take it took me around one year in total yeah. but i have to say that during my trip around the world, I spent three months almost full-time writing, which means um, I spent a lot of time on the book. And yeah, as you, as, you as you mentioned, there's a lot of challenges on the way, but also a lot of helpful people that, auth that authored before and that were able to share their challenges with me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to say it's not a single person, only me. Uh, having the book my acknowledgements are very long and i'm happy it's, so many people are willing to help out yeah, i think that's the thrills of writing so for our consultants point of view why is this the book for them and what can they take from it yeah the book is written for analytical type of people and in the beginning of the book i i mentioned 20 characteristics or character traits that um might, might that people might recognize and what i say if you recognize at least 10 out of 20 then you're an analytical thinker because my book called people skills for analytical thinkers is written exactly for that target audience and if you're the person that tends to think a lot tends to analyze and tends to not to be uh, so in touch with the emotions and understanding the emotions and understanding emotional types of people then my book is probably written for you. And what's, what makes it book different is that it's written in analytical language. So I use a lot of data and algorithm metaphors to explain human behavior. So why certain pat patterns happen and how you can understand those patterns better. And through those metaphors, I try to help the reader um, discover themselves, actually. So I'm, I'm of course, I'm, I'm giving theory, but I think the the power of, of, of a book should be to encourage others to think and to reflect for themselves and to find out, hey, this is working for me or this is not working. And what are the patterns in my own life? And if, you, if you're a consultant and you want to make a big impact, it's great if you have analytical skills. You also need to have empathy. You need to have emotional intelligence. 
You need to understand what matters to the client. Otherwise, your analysis may be great, but your, your presentation and your outcome will never make an impact without those people skills. And that yeah. was my objective with the book. You know, that's, it's a, that's a massive part of a consultant's lifestyle. So for all those consultants out there who are worried about communicating and networking when they get back into the field, the book, I think, contains 26 principles to help improve people's skills as an analytical thinker. But if I was to ask for your top three for consultants, what would they be? Yeah, I think the first one is that emotions are not, not a bad thing. And if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have said, rational analysis is the only thing that matters. You know, you need to make rational decisions because rational decisions equals smart decisions. But unfortunately, there's a lot of decisions that you can never make based only on rational facts. There's a lot of the inputs are emotional variables and especially the big, the big decisions of our lives, of our life. For example, where to live, who to marry, what type of career you want to have. You cannot calculate the outcome. You cannot calculate, okay, this is what I should do. So by understanding your, your, yourself better, including your emotions, you can also make better decisions. And one very helpful exercise I've, I've tried in the past is to write down for 30 days after each, each working day, one thing that gave me energy and one thing that drained my energy. And by doing that for 30 days straight, I had a great overview of myself, of all the things that I should, should do more of and find those opportunities. For example, present in front of audiences or, or network to people or things that drain my energy and that draining the energy um, may, um, this may happen because of a person, right? Maybe I'm having lunch with a, with a colleague who's not my favorite. And if he or she drains my energy, maybe I need to have lunch with other people. It can be as simple as that. And by doing, by doing that, I understand myself better and I understand better what are my strengths and weaknesses in client conversations, in presentations, in uh, when I'm doing an analysis. So by understanding yourself better, you perform better in your job. And I can say for myself, I'm much happier than, than five years ago. Mm -hmm. And something that is mentioned a lot in the book and you mentioned earlier was algorithms and specifically understanding other people's algorithms. This is something that I see a lot of consultants can relate to, but what in your eyes is the secret to understanding fellow colleagues and clients' algorithms? Yeah, I think many people do not dare to have the conversation to ask what matters to someone else. And it's much safer to talk about the weather and chit chat and not, not go into personal stuff. And maybe you small talk talk. about football, yeah, small talk. And it, of course it's great. It's kind of the glue of, 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 of business and it makes the conversation land easier. But if you never ask the, the other person what matters to him or her, and it doesn't need to be philosophical, what matters to you in your life or what do you, what do you want to achieve? But if you ask what matters to that person in business and what are his or her goals that year, then you also understand better, okay, how should I communicate in, a, in, in such a way that he or she listens to me? Because if I can... If I have a great idea and many analytical thinkers and consultants are brilliant minds, but sometimes they struggle to communicate their ideas. And as a result, all those ideas are never expressed or they are expressed, but never heard. And by understanding more what matters to the other person, you can express your idea in such a way that it's going to be received and also acted upon. 
And that's how you create this win-win situations. Mm -hmm. And is there a way of even controlling sort of other people's and clients' algorithms? <laughs> uh, controlling, I would say no. Uh, but by understanding them and expressing that you understand them, I think you're you're way ahead of of many people, and it also automatically increases your influence. So, to give a very practical example, say 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 you talk to a senior senior marketeer or or a CMO, and he or she is a big fan of of email marketing, and she's always talking about this. And when you're pitching someone something else. And you mentioned that, hey, I see, I, I know, I know, email marketing is important to you, right? What is important? What is important to you about it? And if you have a conversation about that, and you show that you care about the other person, that also opens up the doors and lowers the fences of the other person, and that opens up opportunities to influence and pitch your own ideas. Yeah. So it shows that you're interested in trying to understand them on a more of a personal level. Um, and I, I love how you gave it an example there, because that was my next question. So you took it away from me. Um, but of course, it, it isn't always as easy as said. So when the stars sort of don't align and someone doesn't see eye to eye with one another, how do you suggest consultants steer sort of other behaviors when clients disagree with them? Yeah, well, can you repeat the question? I'm not sure if I understand yeah, it. Oh, I'll just repeat it again. Yeah. So of course it, it isn't always as easy as said. So when the stars don't align and someone doesn't see eye to eye of their client or other consultants, how do you suggest consultants steer other people's behaviors when they don't agree with them? I think the first thing to do is to understand why they don't agree. And it's very easy for, for a consultant and thinking if you're right, you've done your analysis and Maybe you know you, you know you're right even, but that taking a step back and understanding why that person disagrees, what are the arguments, and why she he or she is so um, so fond of this 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 standpoint, mm -hmm. then you can understand also how to how to kind of attack that standpoint and and see if there's there's some truth in there, because I think many analytical thinkers are a bit eager to to prove their their own points because there's a lot of smart people that are used to having to being right but if you're too eager to to be right then you then you close your eyes for for other truths or maybe you close your eyes for for people that are that may be right in their way as well you turn a blind eye and this is something I really want to talk to you about uh, because you've, you mentioned your analytical thinking. So before your time as an ana analytics consultant, you were actually a professional poker player. Now, I, sort of, I can imagine there's sort of a lot of crossover in the worlds of poker and analytical thinking and algorithms, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because when I was playing poker, I was, I was playing poker online and it, I started with one and one and two cents. So really small, small levels, but it, at some point it started to grow and grow and and i started to quit my i quit my studies for for a year to focus on po online poker and what i did is play poker online on a big screen with a lot of tables at the same time and every time i need to make a decision i sat there with my hand and and a countdown timer and also i saw all the other all the other people and if someone made a race then i could click on the person and then 100 statistics appeared and all the statistics I told me what to do. 
So based on all those numbers, I could rationalize, rationalize, oh, what type of player is this? Is it an aggressive player or a passive player? And how likely is this player to have a good hand? And based on that, based on all those uh, algorithms and based on all those uh, data, I could kind of calculate what would be my best next action. But of course, outside of the poker world, I could not do that because when I had a conversation over lunch with a colleague or, yeah. or with a group of friends, of course, I could not calculate my <laughs> next best action. And that's why it was difficult. And that was also my challenge because I still try to do it unconsciously to be very, um, to be uh, calculating my own behavior. What should I do? And because I did that, I also struggled because I, I was too, too robotic. Once I let that go more, once I thought more, I had more an empathetic viewpoint and thought more about what matters to the other person, then I got much more natural. And I think that that's also the key to becoming more, uh, to, to increase, improve your people skills. Yeah, and, and conversational. So it was almost like a bit of a, an eye-opening experience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And do you still play? No, not often, maybe once a year. <laughs> But uh, I, at some point, I quit completely. Some friends of mine, they moved to Malta and, I, and they asked me, hey, do you want to join with us? We're going to play full time. We have an apartment close to the sea. So it was very tempting. I was, I was young. I was 21. But I decided not to go. I, started to, I decided to quit completely because I felt the poker world is so narrow and there's people talk a lot about poker and poker is only a small part of the world. And I wanted to explore much more and learn much more. And looking back, I'm very happy I made the decision. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, personally, I don't know much about poker. I don't think I've ever played. So uh, yeah, I maybe <laughs> made the right decision, maybe didn't. I don't know. Um, but of course, due to this coronavirus pandemic, I hate bringing it up, but I feel like you have to. Millions of people around the world have been without sort of social interaction uh, for a year now in person. So do you think we're going to see many people struggle when placed back into the hands of social encounters in the consulting world and everyday life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for sure people need to get used to the new situation again. But also there's going to be an, a new situation where many people work remotely. And that's also something you can learn it because many people uh, sit, by, sit behind their laptops and they act in a similar way as, as if they would be sitting in front of someone. But for example, I look in the camera now, but many people, they, they look away. And also, I also need to force myself to look into the camera and remind myself, hey, there's a, lo a lot of people on the other side yeah. of the camera and I need to focus on you instead of looking at my, my own uh, face and looking if my hair is good, which is not in <laughs> Corona time. But the more I focus on these kind of things, the less, um, the less present I am and the less fun and, and productive our meeting is. So I think many people are not very used to Corona yet. Yes, maybe staying at home, that part, yes. But in terms of people skills, I think many people, including myself, I'm constantly figuring stuff out, uh, have a lot to learn. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it's something even I can do better. And I've done many, many of these um, virtual calls. So yeah, there's obviously a lot that people can take from sort of the book and your communicational skills ideas and then put it into this virtual world, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's a lot of practical, practical tips in my book and also exercises to help you understand what are your own patterns, your own algorithms. And you can also discover those virtually and what are the tendencies 
good or bad that you have uh, and how you can change them. Yeah. So before we get to our end of show feature Gilbert, for all the viewers who are interested in reading the book and learning all your tricks, uh, how can they find it and where can they purchase it? Yeah, they can find it on Amazon. Uh, that's the best place. You can also go to my own website, mindspeaking.com. So you uh, you can find some some stories and some backgrounds and yeah, and read some more about me. Okay, well, good to hear. Well, brilliant. Well, um, so yeah, now we're going to play our end of show feature, person on the page or pop, uh, where I'll start a statement or ask a question to my guest, which is Gilbert today, and he will complete the missing part. So it's sort of shoot from the lip, essentially. So we're going to start with Gilbert's favorite word is? Lamp. <laughs> <laughs> and his least favorite word? Negative. Okay. Gilbert, your friends would describe you as? Humble. Apart from your own, what profession would you like to attempt? Surfing. That's a good one. That's a, have you ever been? I have, but I'm not a very good surfer, so I, 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 I will need some lessons. <laughs> I was in California. I nearly drowned. I'm, I'm shocking at it. <laughs> um, the, the most amount of money Gilbert won playing poker? It's 50,000 US dollars in one day. And the most amount of money Gilbert lost when playing poker? 45k. Okay. A sound or noise you love? Music. Guitar music. And a sound or noise you hate? I hate commercials. Okay. TV, TV commercials. Oh, yeah. I can't stand it. Just too many of them. Okay. The feeling Gilbert got when he held his first copy of People's Skills for Analytical Thinkers in his hands? Oh, energetic. Yeah, I'm sure. It must have been amazing. And if you could travel to only one more place in the world, where would it be? I would go back to Brazil, where it was for half a year. So it's not the first time, but Brazil it is. Okay. And um, if you could speak to Gilbert of 10 years old, what would you tell him? Express yourself. Okay. And the last one, if the heavens exist... No, I completely screwed up, sorry. And lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like here? Oh my God, I can't believe I screwed that again. <laughs> I'll do that one more time. And lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You made the best of it. Yeah, very good, Gilbert. Well, that's fantastic. You've, you've really been brilliant, Gilbert, and you're speaking so passionately, and it's been so interesting to witness it. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Charlie. I uh, really enjoyed it. That's good. And um, yeah, that's all we have time for on the episode of Colin Sally Talk for today. Thank you all for joining me today. And if you would like to find out more about how the show works or even put yourself forward to come on as a guest, please head over to the Con Sally app and sign up to the Social Professionals Network platform for consultants. Uh, Consoli is really the best place out there to meet with and connect with consultants. So go download and subscribe if you haven't already. I'll be back shortly with another episode of Canceli Talk. I look forward to joining you then.